Hey, Query listeners. Today's episode is sponsored by Wolverine the Long Night. Boom, boom, boom. If you haven't heard Wolverine the Long Night, Marvel's first scripted podcast ever, you're missing out. The first seven episodes are up. Really amazing. And if you start now, you'll probably just binge through the whole thing. Because, like, you know... Wolverine, he's got those very cool adamantian claws. Well, um, this is a story about him and two special agents investigating a string of murders deep in Alaska. At first they suspect Logan, but then it's like, wait, was that even whoever it was? Mm, the podcast starts Richard Armitage. He's incredible as Wolverine. Scott adds it from 30 Rock. And Otto Asendo from Altered Carbon. Plus, more appearances from people like comedian Chris Gethard. Oh boy, check it out. Marvel's Wolverine The Long Night is available exclusively on Stitcher Premium. To listen now, go to wolverinepodcast.com and use the code MARVEL at checkout to get a first month free. This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cameron here. Today on the podcast, Query, that's the name of the thing you're listening to, uh, my friend Gabby Dunn. Gabby is somebody you might know from YouTube um, or from a bunch of other projects. Hey, maybe one of those projects is Take My Wife Season 2. Gabby played Brie. So please enjoy this conversation. I know I did. That guy's so creepy. I meant it like nice. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on. Darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. Oh, it's, you know what? It's nice to see you. I was at your house over the weekend for just a teeny second. Yeah, thank you. Well, you. It was so nice of you to invite me and congrats on your new spot. Thank you. I could just immediately start talking to you, but I realized I should say that on Query, I have the guests introduce themselves. So will you oh, say yeah, who yeah, you yeah. are? I forgot about that part. Oh God, I was so prepared otherwise. Oh my God, uh, what if you don't remember? <laughs> <laughs> who am I? Uh, no, uh, uh, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer and uh, actress, I guess. And... Uh, just do a bunch of, I started doing YouTube stuff. Well, I started being a journalist. Then I started doing YouTube stuff. And then I uh, moved out here and like work in TV and and, ri- and wrote books. Oh God, I fucked this up. No. And had a, a book come out last year. And then I have a podcast about money and that'll have a book come out end of 2018. So. I felt like that was, I actually feel like you nailed it. And yeah. sort of the way that it un un unspooled itself? Is that the word? Yeah, it went in order of when I did things and how I did things. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You, when did you start doing YouTube stuff? Like, yeah. I I was always kind of, I would make like stupid little videos and then uh, I ended up taking like all of them down. But I met Allison right when I moved out here, who I do my YouTube videos with. So uh, like four years ago. Mm. And then we weren't even, like, she had also done some YouTube stuff, and we weren't, like, really good friends. We had, like, just met. And we were like, let's do a YouTube channel together, thinking, like, this will last six months. Maybe we won't be friends. Maybe we'll hate each other. Who knows? Uh, Because I had never, like, kept in touch with any other collaborators. And I had had other collaborators, like, trying to be like, yeah, we should do this together. And then, like, it never worked out, or it lasted, like, two episodes or whatever. And then she and I were like, oh, God, it's been four years. Like, we, it just became the thing. But we never planned for it to be the thing at all. Like, our email address has 2014 in it. Because we were like, this will surely die. <laughs> That's, that made me laugh. <laughs> your your show is called Just Between Us. Yeah. And Alice, you and Allison Raskin is your mm-hmm. your your human partners on yes. the thing. Uh, y'all have had a lot of success on, your, on YouTube. Yeah, would love more. Uh, I no, mean, sure. We- <laughs> Who, yeah. Right. We um, Do you mean it like— like measuring your success against infinity? Yes. I mean, yeah. we can always go for more. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I meet people who aren't ambitious and I'm like, what's that like? Are you just having the best time? <laughs> um, but like, well, we had, you know, we had our channel for a while and then 
uh, we like had some TV opportunities. Like she and I have sold shows and then we have never made a second episode of anything. So like, you know, we've sold like four shows together and then, and then they don't, either we've shot the pilot, didn't turn it into anything, or we just turned in the pilot and then they were like, no, thank you. So like, it's kind of like this thing where we're like, ah, like we're on YouTube, but we would like love to whatever. And so we've kind of moved a little bit away from YouTube now just because, we we were like trying to accomplish a TV goal with it, and we've done that. But we want it to. We're like, and and a second episode of anything would be would be cool. Yeah, I mean that also feels like YouTube now like monetizing its own content and like being more of a studio and a network for itself. <laughs> yeah, maybe is it's just a little bit of a different like environment there than when you would have been starting in 2014. Even in those just couple of years, it's like a really different place to be making something because they're making their own stuff. Well, it's tough because they're not, so they have YouTube Red, but they're not using that in the way that I expected them to use it, which was to um, bolster homegrown talent or to take, like there's so many like queer creators on the platform who wouldn't get a shot, let's say, in a, a mainstream network capacity. And so I was like, oh, that's so cool. YouTube When YouTube Red was starting, I was like, that's going to be amazing. They'll be able to like take these people who, you know, networks don't want to take a chance on and they'll they'll be able to boost them. They'll be able to, to give them like shows. But what it's actually turned into is like, I don't know, The Rock has a show. Uh, there's like, uh, I don't know, some like singing show with Demi Lovato, who, like, I love, but you know what I mean? Like, they haven't used it the way that I, like, hoped they would. Well, I think that across the board, what's happening right now is that, so, like, the internet happened, (laughs) and then, like, everything was was up in the air, and now some of it is resettling Mm -hmm. back into the Hollywood structure, because there is a whole industry Mm -hmm. that was like created and so essentially it was like somebody created like a side factory like yeah ooh, now we do stuff over here and it's it's going to be interesting to see like long term yeah if if change actually is possible for hollywood as a whole i just feel like it's a mistake like the youtube platform has has such a built-in audience that loves these creators and it's a mistake to then go oh we have this platform we have these people who already know how to make videos and work hard and cater to this audience that is so loyal and diehard wow what should we do with that we should probably give ellen a show well i guess you know what i mean i guess what i'm saying is that that's not unlike what's happening Mm -hmm. in the rest of this town which is like Folks are getting more of a shot. Mm -hmm. Queer folks are getting more of a shot. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the percentage, it's still a very small – it's like it's only more versus zero. (laughs) Yeah. I mean I just thought that – I just thought that they would use it as a a way to quote unquote take risks on homegrown talent or to – I don't know. Like the idea that like, for example, Her Story, which was Jen Richards and Laura Zak's uh, web series, uh, queer web series – that the fact that that hasn't been picked up anywhere is like okay i guess i shouldn't be disappointed at that point at this point because i already know what this whole industry is like but then to be like that was on youtube it was put up on youtube not a youtube red not commissioned by youtube just that happened to be the platform it got nominated for an emmy for short form series in my mind that's when youtube red steps in and picks it up do you know what i mean but instead they've just like gone a completely different direction and become essentially like just another gatekeeping network. So that's been like incredibly disappointing to me in terms of like being a a YouTube creator where like, because we had a show with YouTube Red and in my mind, I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Like we've worked with MTV, we've worked with Fox, we worked with FX, none of those went. Uh, YouTube Red will surely get us and like will surely be like, this is amazing. It's a it's a show. It was like a detective show with me and Allison. And it was like, oh, wow, it's like this detective comedy. And it's like a girl and her and then like, you know, her friend is queer and they could have like an actual queer person playing like a queer lead character in a show. And I was like, there's that's got to be like exactly the thing. And then uh, they were like, "Uh, you know, I don't know. And it was like, ah, but that mm, but like, shouldn't this be? What you're what you're for, if not like you can't you, you're not going to be able to compete with these other networks. So why not use the people that are already beloved on your platform? So that's been like disappointing to me about I mean, other than, you know, obviously, you know, like places folding or whatever. But like it just seems like the mistake is not using. I don't know. I don't know. It's been like a really weird thing where like I started on YouTube then I had a lot of, like, hope for these kinds of things. And then now 
four years later, it's like on the other side of like, I don't, I don't think you guys know what you're doing. I hear you. And I'm, yeah. I'm certainly sympathetic to what mm-hmm. you're talking about. Obviously, you know, yeah. looking at my eyes that, uh, <laughs> you worked on, that you were a part of Take My Wife season two mm-hmm. and, and, um, that it was so fun working with you. I guess what I mean in general is that, you know, I look at what our ability to to really participate in the industry is like, and um, it's a it's a lot. Like mm-hmm. we can, you know, you're selling all these shows. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. And then also, obviously, it's not like suddenly all the doors are open. Right. And I think it's just important to talk about that in a in a place like this, so that folks maybe that are listening that you know don't don't know about this every mm-hmm. day, um, know that they should, like, come buy tickets when you come through town right. for your live show. Mm-hmm. Um, or that, like, they should get really stoked on the stuff that Lena Waithe has going on. Like, right. Th- that it does matter to, like, put your your time and your money behind mm-hmm. whatever successes we might have because <laughs> it sends a message to an industry that is right. still really financially driven. Like, of course it is because it's – an industry. And so I think like you coming through town and, you know, folks coming to see you live. Yeah. That's a great, that's great for like, you're making your living that way. For what they can do. But it's yeah. also a great way to, yeah, communicate to listeners who like might live wherever. Mm-hmm. How do I change the demographic, the demographics of what's on my television? Right. And part of it is like, you know, this is a hard road. And I think continuing to support the folks that you mm-hmm. love who do identify as queer is a great thing yeah. to do. Like, it's a good effort because it's not going to change overnight, even with yeah. success, which you've had. Like, even with success, you're not—it doesn't mean, like, suddenly no, yeah. there's constant uh, carpets rolled oh. out of any sort of shade. Yeah, any I Any shade <laughs> carpets constantly rolled out. Like, it, we're still— Oh, yeah. I just mean—yeah. I, I just mean in particular, like— with with YouTube, which purports to be, like, of the people. And also, like, the the whole—do you know about this? The whole, like, demonetizing of LGBT content. Yes. So there was, like, you know, there's this whole thing where—and I think a lot of the fan base or the people that watch LGBT creators that are—that live at, at, not in New York City, not in Los Angeles, you know, who just—who aren't in entertainment, who just watch these creators, um, are frustrated because it's like, oh, well— like we're de-incentivized to make those kinds of videos or de-incentivized to make videos that talk about bisexuality or videos that talk about like trans identity because those are the ones that get flagged and then you don't make as much money. So there's like a lot of reasons that I think queer people have have kind of moved away from from YouTube in general. And then I also was like, I was having, having like a weird breakdown, not a breakdown, but I was just like, I moved here to to work in TV and then I got really caught up in, like, YouTube, like, the instantaneousness of YouTube fame because you can just be waiting, 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 waiting forever on, like, a development deal. Like, they could keep you, you know, for, like, a year doing nothing. So in that meantime, you're like, oh, well, I'll just, like, do all this stuff on YouTube. But then part of me is like, oh, was it just – I don't want to say it was, like, a distraction, but I was like, oh, man, like, was I just, like, so caught up in the immediacy of, like, the attention that comes with social media where I was like – oh, this network isn't writing me back or, like, I haven't heard from my agent in a week, but, you know, who will respond? Like, 30,000 people on Instagram. So then it's, like, you have to... I was trying to, like, parse out, like, what actually matters, and I had no... I've not come to any conclusions. I think that's probably okay to, yeah. not, have a, to not have a conclusion because I yeah. think that there probably is no answer. Yeah. You know? Um well, do you feel like there's, like, the stuff that you have control over is, like, put your hands together? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's only so much that you have control over versus don't have control yeah, over. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to have a balance of yeah. stuff that you have control over and things that are in other people's hands as a, like, as a business. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the right way to, and anybody that's listening that has a business, I think that's the right way to, um, like, just, if you're investing, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about time as a, time is money, and if you think about time as an investment, like investing in things that you can control so that you have enough energy to continue to live your life <laughs> with sadness. And then um, yeah. also investing in things that you can control. Like I think you have to do both things. Yeah. So, you know, you have to like, if you have a restaurant, you have to like make your food really good. And yeah. then you have to also constantly ask the New York Times to come and review your restaurant. You have to do right. both things. Right. And I think it's true for no matter what your field is, mm-hmm. that that's the the – if you are a business owner, 
and you are, you know, your business is you. I mean, you know that, mm-hmm. um, that like, that's the thing you're always trying to figure out is how to separate your time between like promotion and mm-hmm. the immediacy stuff mm-hmm. and then, or, or promotion in the long-term stuff and then the immediacy, like product stuff. It's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely talk theory about like, <laughs> you know, but I mean, what I'm, what I'm saying is like, one cannot put up a video of stand-up or like just be on TV doing stand-up mm-hmm. and then like stop doing stand-up. You know, right. You, you, yeah. You have to continue right. you to, have go, to keep doing it. Do the job. Well, um, it's stuff that like, uh, I can see so clearly the, the queer audience that like wants stuff and reacts so positively to stuff and like, lo- and like, reacts positively to stuff and like wants these storylines and, and is so vocal about this stuff. And like, so when I go on my social media, I can see it so clearly. And then I step into a meeting and they go, lesbian movies don't sell. And I'm like, what? I feel like I'm in like a, just a fractured reality. Like what is going on? But I think that it's because you're, you're coming at it with like some, some proof Mm -hmm. that like maybe doesn't translate yet and that's yeah. why i was saying like in terms of folks coming out and like physically buying tickets mm-hmm. to things that something like that is because the proof that you have which mm-hmm. is anecdotal proof which is like real mm-hmm. is something that you have because you participate in the community yeah. so you can even show somebody your phone and they'll be like yeah you know like but right but you know that and um they're looking at like the things that they've made in the past and how those things tested so it really yeah. is like trying to get a critical mass going from literally nothing, like yeah. from zero. Like, yeah. hey, release a mainstream movie with this type <laughs> of character, but we have no, that's untested right. data. It turns out that if we just release one with like straight characters, we we have experience with that <laughs> failing and succeeding. You're asking right. us to put actual money into like a bag and like drop it on the corner and like hope that somebody puts like more money into the bag. <laughs> like it's, and I, I feel like it's interesting to me sometimes to like take another step back and mm-hmm. just remember that like our experience as members of this community is so different yeah. than somebody's experience outside of the community. Yeah. Like th- them thinking, like you said, like lesbian movies don't sell. And you're like, but I'm talking about people, you know, like, right. And I'm also talking about like, you know, reality. And you're yeah. talking about like X, Y, and Z, but there's a huge cultural divide yeah. between like what our life is like, and I, and I happen to know this just a little bit because I like am in some similar social circles to you. So I know what? No. a little <laughs> bit about like the types of people, you know, you right. Know, and what feels normative to you. Yeah. I'm in a, it's a beautiful liberal coastal bubble. I don't think it's a bubble <laughs> because, because I think that there are people who live this life all over the place. Yeah. I just think that it's like when your life has been under or unrepresented forever, mm-hmm. it's very hard to explain to people like, no, you don't understand how big this is. Like they somebody don't. asked me, somebody asked me, like, what are your hobbies? And I literally <laughs> said, like, being gay is like one of my biggest hobbies. Yeah. Because it's like it takes so much effort for right. me. Like I just mean I like go to queer events. I go see mm-hmm. queer musicians when they come through town. I like, I like, mm-hmm. you know, keep up on what's happening. I like go to this gym that's queer. Like, like right. it's a huge part of my and this person was like, this was a straight person. They were literally like, I mean, like, what stuff do you do? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is a big like, investment of my time. Like, like I'm, like, into this. Like, yeah. I mean, if you want me to, like, break it down, I could tell you all the shows I watch. You know, like, right. you know, whatever it is. Then I literally just went, okay, baseball? Like, I just, right. I just had to totally pivot. That's, like, my—I'm like you. <laughs> I ex- wouldn't accept that as an answer. Yeah. I'm exactly like you. Uh, and and— uh, my girlfriend who you met at the party is like, like, I think was raised on a desert island. Like she doesn't know anything. She knows nothing. So she thinks of me as she, like what you said, like your hobby is being gay. She thinks of me as like a professional gay person. <laughs> like, she's like, I think that's what your job is, right? Like that's the whole thing. And I was like, I mean, actually you're kind of summing it up pretty well. Right. Like I, I yeah, I guess like. Because, well, this is a weird thing, is that she she and I had, not an argument, but we were talking about, like, you know, why we're supposed to like certain things or why we're, we're supposed to not even support, because obviously support so that, like, there can be more of us doing things. But just, like, she she was like, 
uh, well, why why is it that it's gay that I, you know, that, why does who I sleep with have to do with what my interests are? And I was like, that would be such a good argument if your interests weren't welding in golf. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, wow, I would really hear you on that, you boots-wearing, button-up shirt girl. <laughs> well, maybe it's a little bit more like, because I think that's, a, I mean, fair, and certainly not, It's this is not a community where everybody's the same. Yeah. But I think one thing that you're talking about that I'm talking about that we're both seeing overlooked is like, this is actually a culture. It's a culture. Exactly. So That's what I say. it's not necessarily like individual people, like this is who you have to be and your hair has to look like this and right. these are the shirts you have to have. I mean, I believe that, <laughs> but other people. <laughs> but I think that one, one thing that is very hard to explain, well, actually like this is a motivating factor for this podcast is to be able to like examine Mm -hmm. that we do have a shared culture. Right. It's not spoken about that way. And I just mean even like, um, you know, people from our history or like important, important figures or even if you don't like this movie, like an important movie or, you know, like, I'm sorry, we have like, there there are stepping stones or things or reasons why, you know, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Like the whole like golf or like softball or whatever baseball thing. Like it's not, it didn't get plucked out of thin air. It like comes from something. So like you have to yeah. kind of look into just like be, a, I, I kind of got into it with her. Cause I was like, you just have to know like who fought for us. Like you don't have to like them. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just have to know like what they went through. We had like a whole thing because we went to see uh, battle of the sexes and midway through the movie, she was like, is this a gay movie? And I was like, what do you mean? Is this a gay movie? Like she was gay in real life. And she was like, this is a true story. I almost like left the Los Feliz 3. Oh my God. I almost walked out of the Los Feliz 3. I'm really trying to approach this with a lack of judgment. I was like, what? That's really wild. Also, this person is still alive. I know. Billie Jean King is is alive. alive. And I was like, wait, what? And then I like walked to the car and she was like walking behind me being like, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was a true story. And I was like, you just have to understand that like what this, and she's like, wow, she really went through a lot. And I'm like, that's why you have to know about it. I'm sure. not saying you have to like, I don't know. It, 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 it is this thing because you do, you don't want to be like, well, we're all the same and we all have to like the same things, but you kind of, you have to at least know like what came, even like being in comedy, don't you feel like you have to know the comedians of the past? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think what you're talking about is like shadow culture. So like What's there's that? been like, I mean, I'm literally just making up this term, but it's got to be real. So like there's like mainstream culture, right? Yeah. And then there's like shadow culture. So like this is like a thing that's been running parallel the right. entire time. So like, so like mainstream culture might know Jerry Seinfeld mm-hmm. and might know like, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, mm-hmm. like those are the comedians yeah. that mainstream culture knows. Right. And like Chris Rock, you know, like right. it's like they definitely know Whoopi Goldberg. They like definitely know those <laughs> comedians. But then like the shadow culture of comedy, if mm-hmm. you are invested in that, like you just soak up all of it and it matters to you and it's mm-hmm. a part of your life and you're like breathing that fiber and you're understanding what happened before you. Right. And, um, you know, again, like we also live in a country where like mainstream culture is like pretty pretty freaking white pretty freaking male yeah. so um and super straight so like if you have anything else going on besides that um if you identify in any other way then like you're part of this mm-hmm. shadow culture that like really matters to you and like that you might you might have talked to your parents about or that yeah. might have been who what everybody that you were friends with talked about that's to- that might be totally different yeah. than what's on the front of the New York Times. Like, I think or we the, all what's have— what's on the front of—or what leads the, the evening news. Yeah, I think we all have our own famous people, too. Like, there's, like, you know, people that are famous to black people that are not famous to white people, or there's people that are famous to us, me and you, that are not famous to my sister, for example. That's right. Your sister <laughs> specifically. <laughs> She's pretty straight, you guys. Speaking of which, I want to talk about your fam. Where, oh, sure. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from South Florida. I uh, knew that. I just asked it for the podcast. Di- well, yeah, that's great. That's <laughs> You're doing such a good job as an interviewer. Um, just every 15 minutes, I go, hey, Cam, just want to let yeah. you know you're so good at interviewing. <laughs> wow. Keep it you're up. You're from South Florida. Yeah. I'm from South Florida, uh, like Hollywood Beach area, and uh, and my parents are still there. And yeah, and then uh, moved to Boston for school. And then moved to New York and then moved here. And now my sister lives here too. 
Hey, queeros. This week's episode is sponsored by Tomboy X. Yes, Tomboy X, the underwear that my household wears. It's time to stop wearing undies that don't make you feel confident. Instead, how about Tomboy X, which has everything from bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts to soft bras and racerback bras, all in everyday basic colors or fun seasonal prints. Yes, and they do have options from extra small to 4X. Ooh, baby. But regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody can feel comfortable in. Go to TomboyX.com query and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. Yeah, they put a bunch of undies together and give it a good price. Query with Cameron Esposito listeners. Get an extra 15% off with the code query. Yeah, that's right. Just go to TomboyX.com query. Put in code QUERY for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Okay, Queeros, this week's episode is sponsored by Everly Well. Let's get real. Finding time to get a lab test done is almost impossible. Plus, for some of our listeners who are across the gender, sexuality, sex spectrum, going to see a doctor for a lab test can be stressful. But that doesn't mean you should avoid it. In fact, you could go on to everlywell.com and they will send you at-home testing. What? So you can check food sensitivity, metabolism. They even have an at-home STD test. And yes, I want you to stay healthy. So each test will be physician-reviewed, then processed privately through a certified lab. They send you your test results and... You get to know how you're doing. <laughs> Everlywell is very convenient. No more sitting in waiting rooms. No more mystery bills. Just head to everlywell.com. Use promo code QUERY for 15% off your first order. That's everlywell.com. Promo code QUERY for 15% off. Take control of your health today with Everlywell's at-home health tests. Your tests on your time and your terms. That feels like South Florida to Boston is a big... Adjustment. It was on purpose. I was not having a great time as a kid. Uh, this is like all I've talked about this before. But my dad was an addict and alcoholic when I was growing up, and uh, and my mom got real into religion for like five years just to be like, I don't know, he's drunk. What about this? And so then I got transferred to a religious school. So then I went to like a religious day school and graduated from a religious day school where I had a terrible time because I kind of like I knew that I. I wasn't normal. Like, I knew I was queer or something. Like, I knew something wasn't Wait, what kind right. of religious day school? Uh, like, Orthodox Jewish. So I wasn't—or modern Orthodox. So I, I wasn't—I knew that I wasn't on the level that other people were on. And I was kind of—I tried to overcompensate for feeling shitty about that by being, like, this very— like, I was like, I'm into old movies. I'm into, I'm pretentious. I'm like, I was like into poetry or whatever. Like, I tried to be this very. I just accidentally shook my head at the moment you said I'm pretentious. But yeah. I just, was, I was like, no, tell me more. But that wasn't, that was a mistake. You were like, me too. That I'm was also very yeah, pretentious. Exactly. That was a mistake in timing of head shake. No, I, 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 uh, like, I just tried to, I don't know, I was isolating myself or something. I had a lot of, like, very—my friends from that time are still now very religious. Like, we were not as close now, or we, like, don't really talk now because they all stayed very religious and got married to dudes right away and have children and all this stuff. And I kind of, like, very purposefully went to school in Boston. How does that community feel about queer people? Um, it wasn't—huh— I mean, now it might be different. Um, you know, we were in a pre-Glee world. Uh, so, I mean, nobody was out at my high school. Like, it was very, it was very hush, hush. And I, there, like, lesbian was a pejorative. And there was, like, a lot of, um, like, it just didn't know any, I didn't know any queer people. I, I knew none. And there was, like, a teacher, a friend of mine who's a, a lesbian YouTuber, was in seventh grade at that school. It was, like, a very small school. She was in seventh grade at that school when I was a senior. So we kind of knew similar—we're friends now as adults, but we kind of knew similar people at the time, but we weren't friends then. I, I wasn't friends with a seventh grader when I was a senior, and I just want <laughs> everyone to know that. I wasn't that what a weird, hard, what a weird hard up for friends. What a weird yeah. person you would have been. Um, but, yeah, so, so, like, there was a teacher that— Apparently, she said that it 
came out that he was gay and they fired him. Mm-hmm. But I never knew that that was why. She was up on the goss in a way I wasn't. But then, like, um, there just wasn't – I just didn't know so any like a examples. Lack, a lack of examples or – but not necessarily, like, a specific – it was uh, you were made fun of like it wasn't like you couldn't be well I talked about this mm. with someone else where I was like it was so confusing for me growing up because I never understood and maybe this is relatable to people but I like never quite fit in with women because I never understood where the line was like I had never like I was like there's this way that straight women are with each other that I don't know where it ends like I would be like okay so like doing math in my bunk at my Jewish summer camp like so they they shower together, but it's not, but that, but then, but then if you, if you do it one more time, then if you stay like five more minutes longer than you're a lesbian, like just sitting in my bed, like trying to figure out like what the rules were, <laughs> like constantly, like I was always the person who was like, like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. And then we make out. No, I went too far. Okay. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like I never understood like where the... So I just kind of tried to, like, stay away from it. And then I think people read me as, like, cold or unfriendly and, like, never – like, I was, like, not going to – I didn't want, like, a sleepover at my house because I was like, I don't want girls in my house. Like, I was very, like, (laughs) weird about it. And then it just, like, manifested in, like, not really having a lot of friends, I think, because I was confused about what was allowed. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, I think a lot of queer folks can relate to – like just self patrolling mm-hmm. on on whatever vector, like whatever scheme you're using to make that possible for yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I had the same because I was thinking when you're talking. I mean, I think I actually had like a lot of relationships like this where I was in like a circle of young women, mm-hmm. and there would be like a boss. Yeah, I was not the boss. Oh no, ever. never. Um, Never. There would be, like, a boss, and then the other, like, little servants um, would all sort of, like, vie for that per- person's attention. Yep, so I had that, too. That was one way that I think I was able to, like, sort of couch some of my special interest in my friends. Oh, because everyone of, was competing? Yeah, it was, yeah. like, sort of by joining this crew of people mm-hmm. where um, we're all competing, yeah, for the same, like, level of best friendship. Yeah. How does that one person get to be the boss? Uh, usually my experience was with, um, disinterest. Yeah. So it's like. Or meanness. I think it was like the person who decided when someone else was acting weird. That's fair. Yeah. Like it would always be the person You're who would weird, be like. You're weird, I'm not weird, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because I, I also think, it, yeah, it was very much like, I'm actually, I actually don't need anything mm-hmm. from any of you. And then I would be like, well, well what could I do to change your mind? <laughs> 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 like, you know, so, working so hard. But there were always other like my high school best friend, who was like very important to me on like mm-hmm. a really deep level. Sure. Um, I had like direct competition with. There was another woman mm-hmm. who, like, we had. A, I had a group of five women and five men. I'm using these as political terms. Sure. <laughs> um, that we're supposed to like all be together and like a rotating. We're supposed to like kind of rotate date each other. Like, oh yeah, we had that like five and five mm-hmm. rotate date each mm-hmm. other. Except that I always was with the same guy. I, we, oh. were, we were the long term yeah, couple. There's always the one long term couple and yeah. then all the other couples kind of like do musical chairs. Yes. Except you know what is even wild? One of these people uh, stuck, got married, still together. Oh. Have like since they were 15 and now oh. are married, have been together for 21 years. Whoa. Holy what in the world? One of Cheyenne's friends is getting married to her boyfriend from like they've been together 10 years. Incredible. And they're 25. Right? Yeah. How in the world but i don't know that's a real thing um and they, they're seemingly doing great yeah but uh yeah anyway so i had like direct competition from other from this one other specific person in this group who like we were both vying for the attention of my best friend mm-hmm. very directly and i i have looked back on i've looked back on it and i under, i really believe that sexuality is a spectrum mm-hmm. i really believe that gender identity is a spectrum right. like but I feel like these were two very straight women, mm-hmm. and I'm I have always wondered like what was going on for them. Like that's why that I feel straight had, female friendship makes no sense that to me. They had like this like that they were as because I know that there was a part of it for right. me that was like very fulfilling mm-hmm. on an emotional level. What was going on with those two? Right? Can you tell me, Gabby? No, because this remains the most confusing thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> about anything. I still have problems with female friendships because I'm like, what is this? Do you? Yeah. I'm not. I, I, yeah, I'm like real weird with friendships. I think from being a kid and being like, just feeling like it was safer to be like, I'll just, I'll just be by myself. Hmm. But then I, but then I like, I don't know. I, I've been told I am hard to get to know. And I think that's like leftover self-preservation type stuff or like just because I, I I never was like interested in any of my friends. I was never like in like didn't have like that one best friend that I was like, oh, I'm in love with them. Like I never had that. It was always these like I was always like in love with these girls who were like on a pedestal, like just some some like girl who I would like be like, I, I never talked to her, but she's beautiful or whatever. Some kind of manic pixie. I don't know, nonsense. But then like, so I would always, I was just very, but then I could have like reached out and been friends with that person, but I always kind of kept them far. So now I still have this confusing thing where I'm like, I was talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday where I was like, I have, I have a weird thing with a boundary of like friend falling where I'm like, Mm. I can't figure out if I'm, I'm just dealing with this. So I can't figure out if I'm like, friend falling for someone where like oh my god you're so great as a friend like this is so great we should kiss and then I'm like no no like back up like that's not the next logical but then she and I were my girlfriend and I were talking about like maybe that's a thing where like we were saying a lot of the the men that we've been with in our lives have been that mistake where we've been like oh we're like getting along so well and we're being so close and you're a dude. So I guess the next thing that happens is we have sex. Like, do you know Mm. what I mean? And then you go, wait a minute. That, that was a, we got tricked by heterosexuality. Not fully. I don't fully know. No. Yeah. So we should actually, at this point, do you mind if I ask you how you identify? Cause I feel like that'll help give a little bit of context to what you just said. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm bisexual. I identify as bisexual, but, um, but so the only reason I'm asking for that is because, uh, heterosexuality, like just as like a trick or whatever, yeah. <laughs> was effective on me in my youth. Yeah, but not since then. Yeah, but it's still it's interesting because like I like I think that I was talking to Rhea about mm-hmm. this. That like I mean I think it's very it's hard to. Like, I can't figure out if I think that – I believe there's a spectrum. I can't figure out if I think that on that spectrum we're all bisexual. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't figure out if I think there are actual ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because I think that, like, you know, Rhea and I were talking about, like, finding a cis straight dude mm-hmm. attractive. And then we are talking about finding this this uh, cis gay dude attractive. And mm-hmm. we were just, like, processing that. What what it, ooh, what do those things mean? And, like, yeah. you know, not like a – not that it threw us off at all. We're both pretty – yeah. Fine about feeling however about people. Yeah. But just trying to think about like um, – but then for me, what is true is like I absolutely can think someone is mm-hmm. super hot and then even be like a little bit infatuated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can have sex dreams. Like that's yeah. totally thing that happens to me. But there's no part of me that then is like, here's the action plan. <laughs> like I think that's where I fall off. It's like yeah. it's like uh, crush, um, interest – and then for crush and interest, it's usually somebody that I don't know, like a celebrity yeah. or something like that. It's not usually like a friend. Yeah. Um, because then again, that would have like an action plan associated with it. But Where does if it, it have to? Well, for me, for my yeah. particular thing, I think if it was something that was like really tangible mm-hmm. as opposed to like a fantasy, mm-hmm. then I think I would maybe not find that as attractive because of where I'm at, like, on the Kinsey. Yeah. I just feel like I'm like, well, but this could happen. So yeah. I'm not interested, you know, like, <laughs> but, but that's just where I happen to fall. But you're talking about with, like, male-identified people. Or in general. Yeah, no, I'm talking about with male-identified yeah, people. Yeah. But then also maybe not even, I maybe wouldn't even put, like, I maybe wouldn't even put trans dudes in there because I also think, like, yeah, there's a queerness aspect to that mm-hmm. that is different. You know, like, there's a lot of malleabil- malleability. <laughs> Is it, it's funny because you could yeah. it's also maleness. Um, there's a lot of malleability, but Good. yeah. But I think Word what play. you're talking about of like this accidental sort of taking a friendship in a certain way is yeah. something that literally has never happened to me. Yeah. Well, I think except for the other person thinking that that should happen and oh. me being like, oh no, no, that wasn't on the table at all. You with, made a mistake with dudes. That yes, happens dudes. to you. Not what? so much anymore. Yeah, but not that long ago. Yeah, like, I mean, I was fully. 
a les. Right. Fully a les. <laughs> you were like, I'm as advertised. Yeah. But even so, like, uh, my girlfriend's very, like, looks very— No, but I mean, I was telling them, and these were my friends. Well, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I mean. It's not, yeah. it's not a no, but she, physical she, perception thing. She's a lesbian and looks like a lesbian, but then she'll— So, like, I've had straight people be like, oh, well, there's no way men are interested in her. And I was like, you'd be so—no, you're wrong. Men are very into it. Well, who are these straight people that are saying what things men are interested in? <laughs> right. Like women, straight women. I think they're scared. Goof. They're like, if the straight men are into the lesbians, what do we have? Well, like I said, everything it's we've all learned very... about the beauty industry is wrong. Yeah, it's all very messy. There's no like, it's all very right. messy. But I, I just not so much with with women, but a lot of times with men. I, I am bisexual. I, I've dated men. I've been in love with men. It's all what whatever. But I mean, now in this economy, I can't imagine going home to a dude but like every day I'm just like can you imagine reading Twitter and then going home to a man I can't but like I it's just uh, in this political climate but anyway so I <laughs> are you laughing um but yeah so so like I but then I was thinking back on the past and I was wondering Obviously, I am bisexual, but I was wondering how many, in, like, relationships I've had with men or encounters I've had with with men where it was just me being like, I admire you, I think you're cool and funny, and and I and I've been confused by movies and music and everything in our society to believe that the next step here is we have sex. Why would you think that that wouldn't happen with women then? Because I because I because like if I there's nothing telling me that. Mm. like the next step in a female friendship is you fuck other than like porn I assume but there's <laughs> you know what I mean like there's nothing telling me that mm. like the only message you get in terms of like oh these two like it's a will they won't they always so you don't feel like you've you're like fully getting to make your own decisions about dudes like just in terms of inside of your own brain I I I am way more aware of it now like, way more. I was, when I was younger, I was making my own decisions. Like, I wanted to to sleep with them, but I've been just thinking— That's not what I mean. I think I sort of misspoke. Oh. But I mean, like, yeah, like, your, how your much decisions are influenced. Informed, yeah. And, like, how much it, are we also taught to, like, seek male approval? This is just a thing I've been thinking about a lot personally. Like, how much was I taught to seek male approval that I was like, well, I have to make this guy like me. Even and I confuse friendship feelings and like warmth and and like oh we're getting along really well with like oh well now now we should something romantic should happen. Hey queeros, today's episode is sponsored by Zola. Zola is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moment in a couple's lives even happier. I mean. Your wedding should be a very happy moment. I will definitely agree with that. With over 500 top brands and 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds, Zola Registry has everything you love about your favorite department store, plus things like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, wine subscriptions, and more. This is what I like about Zola. When I was getting married, and hey, you don't have to get married, but when I was getting married, I had two different registries. One was for a honeymoon. One was for products. Zola, you can do that in one place. You can even manage it on your iPhone or Android. So you just go to the Zola.com website and like shop around. Look at what they have to offer. Join over 500,000 couples who've used Zola. Sign up and receive a $50 credit towards your registry when you go to Zola.com slash query. That's Z-O-L-A slash query for $50 towards your registry. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. Please. But I want you to know that this is genuinely not from a place of at all thinking bisexuality is not real. Like sure. I just I 100% believe you. <laughs> I believe you. Cameron Esposito believes you. You don't need me to believe you, but I'm telling you that I do. So given everything that you're saying, mm -hmm. how is it that you can identify your sexuality as what it is? Because you're saying, I feel that maybe – these individual relationships with dudes mm -hmm. were impacted by culture. So I guess mm -hmm. I am just curious, and you might not even have an answer, but I'm just curious because I feel like for listeners, you know, especially yeah. those who identify as bi, yeah. this might just be like a good thing to have in their pocket. This is something you think about a lot. You're a yeah. smart person. If you 
have a, a way that you think about it. Sure. I would love to hear what Look, that is. I don't have great boundaries with women either. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying that I'm not like, you know, I, I, there is a thing of like being completely, that's just my own problem, which is like being completely like, oh, I really like this person. So I, sh- we should fuck. But like, I, I, I think there, there are. It's it's not every situation. Like there are men that I've been interested in, and I'm like, yes, this is a romantic interest. Now we are together for two years, three years, whatever. Like long relationships, or like, but but some situations I can look back on and say, oh, I just, I, and it happens more with men than it does with women. Whereas just I just really admire you, and it's like it can happen to straight. I'm sure it happens to straight women too. Where they that like, I think is a very. I think that part right there yeah. is a very. Um, helpful yeah aspect to the answer to that question I which is that like just because your identity might mm-hmm. be a certain thing and then on top of that you have like any sort of I don't even want to use the word issue because that sounds like I'm like no but I just happen to see it thing. from the other I just happen yeah. to know that it doesn't have because I'm bisexual I just happen to know right. it doesn't happen as often with women because we're not like taught to seek their approval whereas like so I can see from both yeah. sides and I'm like I don't do this with women I I I, like, will certainly, like, suck up or I'll, you know, but I I don't, as much with women, I don't do what I find, had found myself doing with men, which was, like, in the past and and have been thinking about now, which is just, like, you you can just be, like, hey, I like your work. Or, like, hey, we're getting along really well. And it can end there. (laughs) Like, you I just, it it seems, like, interesting to, you know, try to separate out. When you're somebody who's in the queer community to, like, Mm -hmm. separate, like, causality from, like, Identity, you know, right. so like, so like maybe your identity isn't the cause of the thing. Oh, like yeah. for instance, like if somebody is like, I, you know, because the stereotype of bisexual people is just like they'll flirt with anybody, like they'll they'll go home with a, you know, whatever, and then it's like, well, crap, if I happen to be a flirty person, oh yeah, you know, then like on top of that thing, how do you deal with that? And oh, that's my whole problem with my my whole se- like self that I just had to be like, you know what, fuck it. Like there was this. A uh, thing that got posted that was like a study that was like the other day that was like uh, bisexuals are more likely to be promiscuous and psychopaths. And then I just like re- <laughs> retweeted it and I was like, I once again must state that my promiscuity and my psychopathy are not related <laughs> to my bisexuality. <laughs> they are separate issues. Right. <laughs> like I just I feel like there is this thing where you you have to be perfect or you can't be like it is seen as as connected where it's like I am I happen to be a very flirtatious person I happen to be attracted to a large swath of people I happen to like be very free sexually whatever it does it hurt that I'm bi no I think it's great I think it adds a lot of fun and spice to my life but like it doesn't it's not like like I I I don't know how I, I struggle a lot with like I don't know how to be like to people who are like this is a stereotype or like to straight people who are like this is bad I'm like I don't know how to help you. Well, when you're in a minority group, you have yeah. to represent that group perfectly. To me, I think yeah. about this a lot when I think about, um, like, for instance, women that are running for office mm-hmm. who, um, I mean, the day that we're recording this, speaking of bisexuals, because sure. I have recently learned this is how this person most recently has identified. So ah. if this is incorrect, then I just don't know that. Uh, Cynthia Nixon is now running for governor mm-hmm. of New York. And so, like, she— said that she's running for governor, and then um, folks are, I think, coming at it. Like, literally, I had somebody, I just t- tweeted some excitement about mm-hmm. it because I happen to know, mm-hmm. just, like, vaguely following this person, that since Sex and the City went off the air, what Cynthia Nixon has been doing besides, like, a few acting gigs is mostly political activism yeah, around um, public ed mm-hmm. and LGBT issues and then a lot on, like, equal pay like yeah. she's really been this isn't spending, out of nowhere spending yeah. her time on that well it's not out of nowhere and then i just like was like cool a mm-hmm. queer woman who's been working in political activism running for governor to me this is a net positive mm-hmm. like actor or no actor mm-hmm. net positive and then um somebody responded like a woman responded with like well how is this person any different than donald trump in terms of and i so then i want to be like well Number one, do you agree with anything that that Cynthia Nixon is, like, saying yeah. as a candidate? Like, yeah. do you agree with anything that she – and then do you agree with anything that Donald right. Trump said running? So, like, that, that's, I think, like, the first level mm-hmm. of things that we could look at. How are these people different? Well, one of them is 
stands for different things and also has been doing really, really disagree. Has been doing public service. Yeah. And also like my saying just that I'm excited about somebody entering this Mm -hmm. thing is not like a a endorsement of literally anything she will say (laughs) or has ever done. Don't you know you have to be perfect, Cameron? Nor is you have to be perfect. Nor is it like me asking you to like let me make your vote for you. Yeah. You know, I think it's no, more I so want just you that- to go to New York and fill out everyone's <laughs> ballots by hand, Cameron. <laughs> more so just that, like, we we should, I think, um, as we're in this time when, like, more women are entering the political arena, more people of color are entering the political arena. Mm-hmm. When, when we look at somebody and we go, well, you don't have 30 years of political experience. There's a catch-22 there, mm-hmm. which is that, like, women, pl- people of color were kept out of politics. Right. So that right. you're right. They might not have the because they could. So they, they couldn't. Yeah. So you're you're you, you're making it impossible to solve this problem. And it's not even a, this isn't like some like I said some ringing endorsement for literally like everything that Miranda stands for. I you know <laughs> this is not what this is. This is more so just like um, yeah, letting people from minority groups have a chance to speak on their own behalf. I had a a, a part in um, a screenplay I wrote that was about years ago that was about Cynthia Nixon identifying as bisexual or choosing to identify as a lesbian because she had like at the time said some thing where she was like and I was like I don't necessarily disagree with that where she was like I identify uh she's like I'm probably bisexual but I'm choosing to be in a lesbian relationship and identify as a lesbian because I think it's healthier for me and people lost their minds is that that's that's like from a yeah, she kind of like That's gave from this, a thing? I That's think, from yeah, a she like gave this interview where she was just like, where she was just like, I think she didn't say identify as lesbian. I think she said, I, I'm probably bisexual, but I'm in, I'm dating a woman now because I think that is better for me and more healthy for me. Hmm. And I, and people were like, but it's born this way. And Lady Gaga said, and we're all, no, there's no choice to sexuality. Because if we start saying that there might be a choice to sexuality, then the whole notion of like, well, you have to accept your gay son. He didn't choose this or whatever. Like a lot of what we do as a queer community is for straight people. And I don't like it. Sure. I mean, well, what if you have an affinity and then from that affinity, yeah. you get to make a choice yeah. about your partner. Right. Like what if you have an affinity and you, that doesn't mean that anybody that you have to do anything for anybody else. Right. I mean, there's just like a lot of stuff that I I think there, and it comes back to what we were saying about like having to be perfect or like respectability politics, which is like as a as a bisexual, I have to be monogamous and non slutty because I have to represent all bisexuals. Sorry, hard pass. <laughs> uh, I have to like as a as a. A queer woman, she has to say that, oh my God, I couldn't choose who I was in love with and I'm I had to fall in love with this woman and blah blah blah. And it's like instead of saying her reality, which is like, I chose to be with a woman because I thought being with a woman was better for me. And turns out it was and I love this person or whatever. Like it's not these clean narratives that straight people get to like sleep at night before. Do you know what I mean? Well, sure. And I also think that the that every person's truth is different. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, like, if what you're talking about is love yeah, and, like, the contract of marriage, yeah. it kind of doesn't really fucking matter <laughs> what somebody else does but to also, your life. Unless there—obviously, yeah. unless there's harm being done. But two adults making a decision to, like, love each other, to sleep with each other, yeah. or, or to marry each other mm-hmm. doesn't fucking affect your life. But it affects the lives of the people who are choosing the thing. Yeah. So I also feel like not only not only is like the choice thing like that narrative whatever, but it's also like that might be di- that might be different for two people. Somebody's right. making a choice, somebody's not making a choice. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> well, the inv- the implication is that you would never choose to be gay. Obviously, being gay is not a choice because no one would ever choose that. And like for part of me, for for me, I uh like, I met my girlfriend. I liked her a whole lot. But I, I mean, we talked about this a long time ago. Remember when we were hiking? And I was like, I just, like, I, I feel more comfortable with, like, with, like, a girlfriend. I just feel more comfortable that way. Maybe it's not, like, like, and then it goes against this whole thing of, like, oh, she's with her, you know, she's dating women because, like, she didn't choose, whatever. Part of me... And, like, I'm, you know, that people hate this, but, like, I part of me was, like, you know what would be—I feel more comfortable with and is better for me, like, in my free time and with someone and, and 
without having to explain my humanity to my partner every day. And, like, there are things about being with a woman that are, like, more just, just like, less stressful to me. And so then people get all up in arms and are like, well, then, then being queer is a choice and, like, are freaking out. But, like, it's also weird that we have to, like— kowtow to straight people by being like oh no we would never choose to be this way like this is we also think it's gross like we would never (laughs) choose this but you know (laughs) dna got me you know what i mean like why do we have to why do we have to make straight people think that like i don't know it just gets to like the whole thing of like of course like gay marriage was important of course it was like a huge thing but that's the easiest thing for us to get straight people on board with because then straight people go oh gay marriage we we like to be married and they like to be married they want to be like us but when we don't want to be like them or when we've chosen not to be like them they're confused (laughs) sure i mean i think that a lot of what you're talking about is the you know the complex reality of of being a person versus right. like the ideology and that the monolith makes of the community sense. and stuff. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think um, right. So, like, do I think that I could choose to be with a cis man for the rest <laughs> of my life? You're about to like your uh, your brain is exploding, <laughs> and like be comfortable with that on a daily basis. Right. I don't think so. Right. But. But, um, but a like lot I, of aspects I, of your partner you choose because of what makes you comfortable. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So, but I also, but I think, you know, again, it's like you and I don't have to have the same answer to this question. Like, yeah. like the level of, the level of choice that might go into it for you might be different than the level of choice that might go into it for me. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like how, what percentage of me would even be comfortable being physical with a mm-hmm. cis dude. Like th- th- those don't have to be the same answers. Right. I think it's kind of important that we talk about that they're not. Yeah. Um, because it turns out like different people also want to have different jobs. They also want to have different <laughs> hair. They also want to have what? different glasses. <laughs> they also want to like drive different cars. Like yeah. the the constraints that we put on sexuality and gender, you know, we we don't, necessarily put on other things and also we we shouldn't like yeah so like you're allowed to have like whatever color car that you want but Mm -hmm. like also like please don't let it be too girly if you're a guy and then also like right but then we over patrol our clothes Mm -hmm. or like the way people have treated me differently since having like all short hair versus when I had like one long piece is very interesting so I just think like if the overall answer is like less prescription yeah. For other people and less prescription for ourselves and more like sussing it out over time and finding the things that really make us happy. Yeah. Like, of course. There's a similar thing with gender where I think like people think that they're being supportive of trans people by saying, uh, well, of course, like, you know, they didn't they didn't choose like no one would a guy would never choose to become a woman. Do you know what I mean? Like those people who like think that they're helping, but they're just saying the worst thing. Yes. It's like that. Right. It's like, and so what if they, it, so, so what? Like every, I don't know. I, I think a lot of what the, I have a lot of problems with a lot of like queer community stuff that is based on making us the same as, or, or kowtowing to be understood by the straight community. When I have to sometimes just be like, you're not going to get it. Yeah. You're, you're never going to get it and you're not going to get it. And well, that's it. The good news is I think that history is actually on your side. Um, I'm not history. Trajectory is actually on your side. I think like the community is, I mean, you know, when people wanted, people wanted to get married like for love, that's mm-hmm. part of it. But mm-hmm. also people wanted to get married so that like when they die, of course, their partner wasn't left destitute because they could not right. inherit their their lifelong uh, yeah that came out of the AIDS crisis yeah you know home and Mm -hmm. then they're fucking homeless because their family of origin of their spouse won't you know whatever right like there's so much so there's so many real Mm -hmm. um tangible things Mm -hmm. and then there's how we can apply them thoughtfully to the diversity in our community Mm -hmm. and it's really important I think to do both right to make sure that we like provide for ourselves so that people aren't getting kicked out of their homes right. and also like not prescribe for everybody that it has that they have to be the same. Yeah. I just don't like people saying well, of course it's not a choice because you would never choose that. Cuz then but then you get in trouble for being like 
well, uh, why wouldn't I? Not saying that, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, then you go one step further and you're like, what's, why wouldn't you choose that? What's so bad? You know? I hear it. <laughs> I hear it, kiddo. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You're asking the big questions. Yeah, I came here to ruin your show, and I hope— I, I mean, it's unruined, so you failed. Job. You have actually failed in your mission today. Oh, all right. No, it was a pleasure having you. And, oh, thanks. And chatting with you. And it actually is, like, that time to ask you— Did I do okay? Yeah. Okay, you, I thought you did great. Okay. I thought we had a really good conversation, and I think that this was a conversation I haven't had yet really? on the podcast. Well, yes, a lot of the complexity that you brought up, and I think— that's always good. I mean, get those tweets, get those mean comments, get those <laughs> <laughs> replies. Here to cause controversy. No, here to be a person that is representing your own experience Thanks. for folks that might want to hear the tr- the reality of our community, which is that it's not just one person having one thought all the time. I mean, I am the boss of our community, of course, right? So Obviously, what I say definitely goes, right? That's how I treat myself. I'm I'm that self serious. Yeah, so. I you're, we elected you president. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, I stole the presidency for using your Facebook data. Is it too soon? Um, oh yeah, this was all about collusion. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so, friend, uh, before I send you off into your day, would you like to shout out a queero, which is just somebody or place or thing that like made you feel confident in the person you are today? Oh God. Well, t- if I were being honest, it would be the musical Rent. Uh, Why would you not be honest then? Because <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't hold up. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I guess that's the other thing I would say. We were just talking about this. Our community doesn't have to, not mm-hmm. everything has to hold up. Mm-hmm. Yes, those people did not want to pay their rent. They didn't. And now looking back, uh, they should have. They should maybe have paid their rent. You're adults. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the bad guy wasn't a bad guy. We should all apologize to Tay Diggs. Yeah. But um, sure. basically, uh, yeah, the first time I was the first time I ever heard bisexual was in Rent, was in Lovey Bohem, the song that they sang Absolutely. on the tables. And then uh Adina Menzel's character, Maureen, was like, I was just like, oh, goals. Like she's got a guy and a girl fighting over her. Like, tell me more about this. I mean, I think I think you have a ch- I think you're Fairly Maureen. I, mean, I think I grew. I think I saw that and grew up to be her. Like I think that's what I. Number one, you have the singing voice of Adina Menzel. Oh, Absolutely. God, yes, I wish. No, I don't. I'm congested right now. Uh, and then, like, yeah, I just, I, I just was like, wow, they're so. Everyone's just so chill with everything. Like I was just like, this is great. And I was in such a community where nothing was chill. Things were not chill. And so I was like, one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to have all my art friends and we're going to do art and be what, I, you know, everything's going to be like just so casual. And then I kind of just aimed for that. Yeah. I mean, I think number one, you have it. And number two, I, I think it is also when we view, like you were talking about this earlier, but when we view contributions to our community, I think we do have to kind of like timestamp them a little bit because mm-hmm. we are a part of a community that has a, a had a faster evolving civil rights movement than any other community. Mm-hmm. So like we sometimes have have moved so quickly that like for instance that character Angel, yeah. like I don't know how that person would identify right. today. I don't know what words we would use. They they um, say she. They yeah, call her she. Right. So like maybe that's actually a trans woman. It, right. It, but we just didn't have the word for it. We didn't have that word and so it, it is like really interesting I think to also know our past mm-hmm. so that we know that like these aren't new people like that there's right. there's not new members to our community something I hear all the time is people like sighing about adding new letters to LGBTQ yeah. and it's just kind of like <laughs> look I don't know that adding letters or not adding letters is the answer like mm-hmm. I don't know that I have all the answers but assuming that anybody's new here is definitely not true like the of words course. are written really different and I also think that you know we should continue a conversation between people that like use different words to describe. Well, there's all these things being like, oh, the, like all all these kids are bisexual now, and like, where did that come from? And I'm like, oh, they were bisexual before; they just didn't say anything. Yes, like <laughs> they, they've always been there. <laughs> they Correct. just now feel okay saying so. Yes. Um, so I just I and I also think it's important. The thing about rent too is like it's important for me as a kid. It was important to see adults thriving and being queer and, and like 
I didn't have any proof or indication that someone like me grew up. So I was like, not, I, I, there was a lot of suicidal stuff happening. Cause I was like, well, I'm, I, I don't have any proof. Where's the proof that someone like me grows up. And so, uh, I needed to like see, I also had a live journal where I like followed a lot of older queer people just to be able to be like, uh, okay, so this this person, like, lives in an apartment and has, like, a dog and a partner. Like, interesting, interesting. Okay, I could do that. Like, just kind of, like, because you don't have any other other proof in any other way. And that's, honestly, that's what probably Take My Wife is to people. Um, and yeah, I, say I mean, that, that was the goal. Yeah. To be honest, create the thing that I needed to see when I was a kid. Right. And I say that to, to my girlfriend a lot because she, you know, is very, like, ap- apolitical in terms of queerness. And she doesn't understand. Like, she's just, like, living her life butchly. And I'm like, you don't understand that, like, when, like, the middle schoolers come through your job to, like, get a tour. Like, you don't understand the impact you're having on some kid. Do you know what I mean? That they're like, whoa, that person like seems happy and is giving a tour and has a job. And you know what I mean? Like I had to really like put that in her head before she understood it. And it didn't, she didn't really, she like was, she's like just a regular person. Uh, And then when I started putting her on my Instagram and my fans would react that way to her, she was surprised. But I think it's like so important to just like be, if you have the the privilege like I do or you do to just be out and whatever, then that's like what rent was to me. Like you just need to see that like, oh, there's one. Okay. You know? Yeah. 525,000. <laughs> 600 likes. Uh, it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thank you for coming to my party. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode of Query is sponsored by Everly Well. Finding the time to get a lab test done is almost impossible. But now you can order the tests you want and do them at home with EverlyWell.com. Everly Well is a home testing company that offers a variety of physician-reviewed private tests from food sensitivity, metabolism to STDs. No more sitting in waiting rooms and waiting on your results. Just go to EverlyWell.com, use the promo code QUERY to take 15% off your first order. Everly Well, your tests on your time and your terms. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.